Okay, guys, uh, you know, good morning. Hope you all had a good night's rest. It's a sunny day today in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, first off, I want to uh, send my love and prayers to the states of Louisiana and the states of Texas, the states of Louisiana and Texas, uh, you know, with um, the hurricanes that are gearing up and coming on that side that made landfall. Uh, we just want to pray for the people there. Uh, we know how... <laughs> Louisiana has always been hit hard by those type of hurricanes. Uh, Panama City area is still recovering from Hurricane Michael. So it's just, we know the damage that hurricane can bring uh, to a community. How just a couple of days of a storm can cause a lifetime of hardships. So first off, uh, sending off my thoughts and prayers to people there. And second, let's uh, get started to the to the issue, not the issue, but the news at hand. Uh, as you all know, sports as a whole came to a halt last night, beginning with the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, and a sign of protest, I would say, decided not to play their game last night. So uh, the refs had went in and said, basically the Refs went in and said the Bucks haven't came out yet, and then it had been decided by the Bucks organization that they decided not to play, to postpone the games. And then uh, basically, uh, domino effect: OKC and Houston decided not to play, and LA and Portland decided not to play. All of this coming in the uh, wake of Jacob Blake shooting the uh, African American male that was shot. Uh, we've said seven times, but his father confirmed it was actually eight times that he had gotten shot when uh, he presumably may have had a knife, may have not had a knife, uh, and then went to a vehicle and was shot while his kids were in the car. So they're protesting uh, that issue that happened in uh, Milwaukee. And basically, uh, I have to say that I commend the players, first and foremost, for saying, hey, this is bigger than playing a playoff game we have to let it be made known that we just can't stand by and just you know have these commercials have these shirts because black lives matter is not only just a movement it's a lifestyle you know and for those because i've had a couple of people that i know personally have said why 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 for just one person is everyone in a frenzy well, it's not just one person. I mean, this has been going on for, some people say decades. I've say it's been going on for centuries, you know. You know, the uh, the unfair, the inequality, the, the bad treatment of black people in America. You know, we've seen it with slavery and then we saw police brutality. And it, and, and it seems that it's no longer an issue we can just stand and say kumbaya. It is where we need action soon. You know, it's it's troubling to see, you know, videos of minor offenses or offenses that doesn't even have to do with a certain black person and you see how they get treated, you know, thrown to the ground. These these are sometimes kids, little children getting thrown down, hand, hands on their neck, knees on their necks, you know, treated as if they are the scum of the earth. I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly sickening at this point. You go from a 
you go from a level of sympathy to anger and then simp- and then just from those levels you go to just disgusted of how and law enforcement how they're supposed to protect and serve the people are not protecting and serving all the people and you and we wonder why we can't get anywhere because people still can't face the fact that police brutality is a major issue here in America. It is a big issue. It's always been an issue. It's just the fact that we now have the cellular devices that I'm using right now to make this podcast. We now have the wherewithal to show what's going on. And it seems that people are still trying to blur their eyes like Jameis Winston before he got LASIK. They're trying to blur their eyes to not accept the fact that police brutality is a issue. And I understand that it's not just black people that get attacked. That's why it's called police brutality, because there are plenty of personal white friends I know that have gotten assaulted and unfairly treated by the police. That's why it's it's called police brutality. We've seen plenty. It wasn't just black people at those protests for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and the protests still go on. There's plenty of uh, white people as well getting tear gassed and beaten and, you know, unfairly treated. It, 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 so it's police brutality as a whole. But percentage wise, African-Americans only make up 14.4% of America as of uh, the 2018 consensus. It may have went up, may have went down. But we're the minority. So you take how, in my way of percentage, you take the minority, you can have, and then white people who may be getting killed, and percentage-wise have been getting killed more by the police, maybe have been getting killed or assaulted and everything. They may have a higher percentage, but they are the majority. So it doesn't majorly impact them as it will a minority. You know, I mean, it's basic common knowledge and common facts to me at this point that if you're the majority, you and I'm not trying to outweigh or disarray, you know, the seriousness of death at all. But I'm just trying to put in perspective of why we are focusing on the Black Lives Matter movement and the reason that we're advocating that black lives do, in fact, always will and forever to the end of time matter because it seems that we are um, disproportionately getting killed or getting assaulted by police officers on a daily basis you know and these are and sometimes it's just the fact that a stranger was recording what was going on if we didn't have these recordings we wouldn't even know the actual truth or or the whole truth half to whatever or what happened in these situations you know, George Floyd, if nobody was really recording, nobody really would have known what actually happened. You know, it, it's it's just disheartening. So to to deal with that and to deal with that on a daily basis as a black male and as uh, the NBA, as the majority of the players are black, I commend them for, you know, just taking a stance and saying, yo, yo we're not going to play today because there is a bigger issue that is at that is at the forefront and we have to bring attention to that. And I think the league and the players owe Kyrie Irving an apology because he basically said that this would happen. That basically playing in a bubble is not going to 
really change the sad fact that police brutality is going to keep going on. It may bring awareness, but it's not going to stop it. Kyrie had a different perspective on it, but he was vilified, you know, so it's, it's almost like the chickens have come home to roost for the people who had vilified him and basically come back and say he was right. So I think they owe him first and foremost an apology, not to mention, and it's funny how things spin around and show you how things have still haven't changed after some years. Cause yesterday, four years ago was the four year anniversary of Colin Kaepernick sitting down for the national anthem before he was told, Hey, can you kneel? So that that's basically been four years and we're still dealing with, if not worse, the treatment of police brutality against black people and, and, and for all people, but majorly black people. It's, it's just, I, you can feel the tension and anger, I would think, from the players now. And then with the ricochet of the NBA not playing, it wasn't just the NBA not playing at this point. You had the MLB, you had some MLB games get postponed. You had WNBA games get postponed. You had MLS games get postponed. You had uh, tennis players say, we're not going to play. So it, it basically called the domino effect of that. Hey, did, what's going on out there in America is way more important than what I have to do to make money and views. And if you want to get the higher up's attention, people's attention, mess with their money. I guarantee you people will sit down and have a talk of why you're messing with their money. <laughs> a sad fact, but it's a true fact. So now the question is, where do we go from here? You know, uh, I had this talk with my dad just a few minutes ago. He said, okay, where do you go from here? You know, you, you can... You can protest, that's good and well, but where do you go from here? Like, even if you have the organization that you're protesting against or protesting with, if they lose money, you, in essence, will lose money as well because you're in basically a contract agreement with them. That's how these players are able to get these, you know, four or five-year contacts, over $100 million, all that all that jazz. So where do you go from here? I know it's not all about money, but you have to have a strategy because you don't have a strategy and you just have, you just act off an instinct. Your, your, your movement will get lost or it'll eventually fail. So what I think needs to happen is that these players, mainly Milwaukee, but really just across the entire United States have to come up with a plan to try to, you know, make a union of themselves to, make a difference of how, you know, the regulations of how these police are trained and how they treat people. Because unfortunately, you're not going to stop police brutality in just one week. I mean, it's been almost 50 years and we're still dealing with the same BS that they've been, that we, that they were dealing with back then. So it's an issue that is not even going to get fixed overnight. It may not even get fixed the next you know, five to ten years, Lord willing, we're all able to see five to ten years. It's a process. But what the most annoying part is, it's a process that could be 
I feel easily fixed if people were willing to listen, people were willing to make the necessary changes. Because when people are willing to make the necessary changes, change can actually happen. The problem is people have put on this facade that things have been better and then basically what social media and this year has taught us that uh, all that you can throw on the, in the toilet water and flush it for all we care. Because there's still issues going on. And no country is perfect, but for you to have yourself as a gold standard of liberty, freedom, and justice for all, it seems that the ones that don't fit your description of the ones who deserve liberty, freedom, and justice for all are not getting it. And it's tiresome, it's annoying, and basically it's, it's overdue that we have these discussions and talks. So I think that it's important for the players, nonetheless, to come up with some type of plan. Because if you protest now, you cancel the season, you, you're not going, <laughs> I don't care what anyone says, you're not going to continue to just sit out. You may, you, may, you may decide to. I mean, let me not speak for players. But if you're trying to, you know, get your money's worth of the deals you have made and you're not bringing in revenue, you're losing revenue, I don't see the players just continually sitting out for years to come. So it's a double-edged sword. Yes, you're doing a good thing with, you know, protesting that's good and well, but what is your plan afterwards? Like, what is the ripple effect that can make change for the next decade, next 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? But I believe that it was good for the Bucks to do this. To sh- It was an important symbolism at first. And I think that, you know, this, this is the first time this has happened in league history where an entire team has decided to postpone a game. What, you, what, what does it say? What a year 2020 has been. I mean, we're basically having a, a year full of history that they will talk about in history books, you know, years down the line. Like what we, we had a have a pan, ongoing pandemic, racial issues, you know, the the murder hornets, everything that's been going on, you know, hurricanes out there. It's just been a wild, wild year. And I don't believe America will be the same like it was before. And that's all, that is a good, can be a good thing or a bad thing. The bad thing can be if every, when everything turns to normal, the, the normal quotation marks as I'm doing with my gestures, you know, We'll just be dealing with the same stuff. However, the good part would be is, no, we're going to continue this ripple effect of talking about police brutality and talking about what we can do to have police better suited to deal with people of color or people they deem threatful. And lastly, before I close, I have no ill will towards (laughs) any white person. I have no ill will towards anybody that white. I have what the cliche. I'm not even gonna say the cliche, but I have white people that I have that mean a lot to me that I've been with, that I've talked to. You know that that ask me questions, that ask how can we help everything. You know, for those white people, I commend them. But you have to see the the bigger picture altogether. That this stuff is cannot be allowed to just you know put under the rug anymore. Because you put it under the rug so much that it's overflowing and then it skyrocketed out of the roof where you can't hide it anymore. 
you can't. <laughs> so, and, and you see, and you get disheartened when you see black people in the same scenarios, the same scenarios that are, white people are presented and the white people are getting treated better than the black who was actually complying. You know, I've seen plenty of videos, you know, before this year started, and then I've seen plenty of videos before, you know, of, let's just give an example of Dylan Roof. Dylan Roof went in, intentionally shot nine black people in church, came out, the police arrested him and took him to Burger King. <laughs> and then you have somebody like Michael Brown, who basically was accused of fighting a police officer and then gets shot. And you see plenty of other videos of white people literally yelling and fighting the police, fist fighting the police, sometimes winning, <laughs> and having to have multiple officers subdue them and still get treated more fairly. And then you have someone as Jacob Blake, who in that video, as we see, is walking back to his car and gets shot seven times. Now, there's been uh, talks about whether he had a knife, you know, his, his record and everything. Let, let's deal with that when we get the actual facts of if he had one and everything that comes with that. That's why the police should have their body cams on so we can actually see what happened. We shouldn't have to depend on a 3G video from a bystander that's blocks away to do what the police are supposed to be doing with their body cams. It's ridiculous. And frankly, it's irresponsible by those police officers to not have their body cams on because why do you have them off? Another segue for another day. So that's the issue we're, we're, we're dealing with. And the way the media portrays, you know, white criminals compared to black criminals is, is honestly disgusting as well. Because you have uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, who basically uh, went and shot two protesters and they were driving by him looking for someone who had been called by the police of having shot two protesters. And they, they basically skipped him and then treated him fairly. And it's about the principle of it. <laughs> the, 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 the principle of how the media has now portrayed him as, oh, he was wiping down graffiti at his local, you know, local state he, or local city. Because he wasn't from the area where Jacob Black had gotten killed. He actually drove 30 miles with, uh, as a presumed direct report, of a legal weapon to basically do whatever he wanted to do. But then he is painted as, you know, this hero. He's painted as this, you know, good citizen in the community. Whereas with Jacob Blake, everyone's looking for some sort of problem he had or ongoing investigation and if, 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 if he's guilty of that then we deal with that issue at hand as well but the, it is not the police's job to be judged during execution that's why we have a judiciary system a corrupt judiciary system but we have a judiciary system <laughs> so what, 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 what more can you ask than that and the way that Black people are vilified when they do something wrong. It's never 
he was a good, outstanding man of the community. As well, what was he doing? You know, ten years before, did he, did he still a a Kit Kat from the local Tom Thumb? Oh, that, well, there you have it. He 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 deserved it. Like what? <laughs> you you vilify and find something that a man did years ago that had nothing to do with the crime or the supposed crime that was going on at that moment. At that moment, people were pulling up George Floyd's record. He had been to jail and all that. What that had to do with the moment at hand of why some cop had his hand, his nice hand, his knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds over a counterfeit $20 check. Just put that stuff in perspective, man. It's not that hard to grasp. We're all grown. We have Google. We have, we literally have a dictionary in our hands almost all day and can look up what's going on. Just, just don't be ignorant. That's all I ask. So I ask that all y'all, you know, take that in consideration. You all, you know, keep that in mind and just, you know, stay safe out there because it's a crazy world we're living in, crazy times. Commend the NBA command all the players that are standing up against police brutality and as always black lives matter